Welcome to the First Assembly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message and find encouragement through the Holy Spirit. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, one more shout of praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. We'll smile at somebody before you sit down. Smile at somebody this morning. And uh, I'm really thankful for our worship team. What a team we have. What a team. <clears throat> Not only our worship team, our staff, our elders, our governing council, our deacons, everybody who just serves volunteers, serving uh, in different areas of the church and not just here within the church, but serving in life, serving outside of the walls of this, this church. So many great things and so many great stories that I just get to hear every week. And uh, this past week, we just met with, uh, with our elder council, our governing council, and all of our staff. We met for a dinner. Uh, there's just such unity, and there's such great friendship that is developing within this family and the beautiful thing is, is we're more than just a family. We're more than just getting together to have fun and good food. But we are on mission together. How many are excited about what's happening in Russia and what's happening in mission? And, and so we get to be part of that, reaching Calgary and the world with the life-transforming power and presence of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're all about as a church. So this morning, uh, we're going to continue in our series, Return. We're concluding it because next Sunday is was mentioned as Easter Sunday. And I hope that you are thinking and praying about who, who you can invite and you can just arm yourself with all kinds of great cards this week and invitations and begin to pray about who it is that the Lord would uh, encourage you to invite along for Easter Sunday. It's gonna be a great day in the house. I love how every Sunday's Easter Sunday, but next, but next Sunday's gonna be Easter Sunday even more to the next level. It's gonna be awesome. People are gonna be baptized in water. And uh, we're going to have a party in the house. It's election season in Alberta. Have you voted yet? Heather and I, we made our way down to the early voting. Uh, We were pretty excited about casting our votes in this election. I just want to encourage you to, first of all, to vote. Because this is a a privilege. And I think as uh, followers of Christ and and citizens of our nation, we have the uh, opportunity and the freedom to, to cast a vote. And so prayerfully do your research um, and, and get down to the, if you haven't done so yet. How many people have already done the early polling? I'm just curious. Wow, you guys are eager beavers, okay? If you haven't, we're gonna vote. The thing that happens around this time, and it seems to me that we're in, a, a, in an election season and federally we will be coming into the fall, and in the USA, it's every four years, but then they started, you know, it's, it, it seems like we're in a perpetual election season, doesn't it? It just seems like people are always campaigning. The thing is about campaigning is a lot of times people will vote, not necessarily for what is best for the country, but how many know it always gets down to what is best for me? Uh, what is going to make a biggest difference in my life. I think that's natural for us to think that way. Somebody said that everybody listens to the same radio station. 
And that radio station is W-I-I-F-M. And what that is, is what's in it for me. Everybody listens to that, whether it's subconsciously in our mind, whether it's a conscious thought. Every day we get up and we think about our breakfast and what we're going to wear and where we're going to go and who we're going to talk to and, and who we might encounter that day. And, and in our minds, we're thinking, well, how, what, what's, what's going to be in this for me? If I go to a job, what's in it for me? What, what's going to be, you know, if I'm looking at uh, or if I'm thinking about, you know, taking a picture of myself and posting it on social media, I'm just going to get there. I'm going to get the right lighting. I'm going to get the right filter, that Valencia filter. Uh, It's going to make me look suntan. It's going to be awesome, and and it's going to make my muscles all defined if I get the... and, and, And I'm putting that out there for you to see me and my family or the food or the breakfast that I'm eating that day. Please don't post food pictures anymore. (laughs) First of all, you make me hungry. Um, Secondly, I really don't care what you ate. Uh, (laughs) uh, You know, what's in it? And we do that, why? Because we are hoping that somehow we'll get some likes and and, and somehow it's going to stroke our... it's, it's, It's really about what's in it, what's in it for me. Um, It's natural, I think, for us to think about that. Even as we follow the Lord, Jesus, his disciples argued and, and, and they were arguing about who, you know, who's Jesus' favorite, who's the greatest. Uh, John and James actually had the audacity and somehow with their mom were there saying, Jesus, we want to sit at your right hand and on your left hand. We, what's in it for me, Jesus, if I'm going to follow you? And Peter said, hey, we've left everything, Jesus, to follow you. So what's in it for us? And it can really get into our thinking even as we are followers of Christ. Now, seeking a relationship with God is different than seeking results from God. Because we can, we can get into just our, our, our Christian walk with him and it can become quickly about just seeking God for his results rather than for relationship. And I want to talk this morning, the last of this message, entitling it, Return to the Heart of Worship. Now, you say, well, I've heard a message on worship maybe six months ago or a year ago. One of the reasons why we keep talking about worship is that it's one of the core values of our church. And we understand as First Assembly that worship is not just what we do on a Sunday morning, but worship is our whole life offered to God. Our worship is, is, is everything. It's laying down our lives to know him more intimately, to know him deeper, to, to yield to the Holy Spirit and, and, and allow him to do what he desires to do in our lives, to fulfill the mission that he has called us to, to get to know him more in our lives. And this morning, I want to show you the benefits and the blessings of choosing a heart of worship. And I also want to show you the pitfalls of the what's in it for me mentality and, and how that can keep us from truly knowing God at a deeper level in our lives. So there's two passages of scripture we're going to look at today. And both of these, I believe, illustrate for us decisions that we have daily to tune into self, to tune into that what's in it for me mindset 
or to tune into a place of worship in our lives that will open up greater connection with God, greater intimacy with God, and it will unleash the blessings that we are longing for in our lives. I want to show you this. So Matthew 21. So Matthew 21, it's recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, the triumphal entry of Jesus. This triumphal entry, um, we traditionally know this Sunday as Palm Sunday, and it's in all of the Gospels. But we're going to look at, at Matthew's version. This is when Jesus, he had been making his way to Jerusalem for some time and ministering. And, and as he came towards Jerusalem, he came in riding on a donkey. And this was to fulfill the prophecy of Zechariah. And the prophecy, even uh, ancient prophecies in the book of Daniel, other prophecies showing Jesus to be the Messiah. So he comes into Jerusalem for the triumphal entry. So this is what Matthew's gospel says. So the disciples went and they did as Jesus commanded them and they brought the donkey and the colt and they laid their clothes on them and they set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road and others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And in our culture, we get this concept when there's royalty or there's somebody who's important, uh, maybe a Hollywood actor. It's the idea of rolling out the red carpet. It's making a big deal of, of somebody important. And Jesus in his ministry, often he was not making a big deal of, of himself, but at this time he was, he was intentionally allowing and intentionally instigating this event to take place as he came into Jerusalem, showing himself and fulfilling that prophecy of him being the king of all kings. And the people worshiped. And the people, about two million gathering in Jerusalem at that time, waving palm branches and, and throwing their, their coats and branches out and, and waving them and, and shouting Hosanna, which means save now. And the crowd is interesting to me because it's a mix of all kinds of different people. There are, are legitimate followers of Jesus there, people that were disciples of his. And there were others that were maybe touched by his ministry. They were healed in their body. And there were others in the crowd. There were religious people there that wanted to, to kill Jesus. There were raving fans. There were the religious, there were the Romans. But then there were these others in the crowd. And as they shouted Hosanna, what they were saying, Hosanna meaning save now, and what they were wanting was a king to fulfill what they wanted. They wanted, their praise was about Jesus, I'm praising you, I'm worshiping you for results that I want you to fulfill for me. They saw Jesus as he came into Jerusalem that day, as the king, the political ruler that would overthrow the Roman 
government, the Roman stronghold. And so they had in their mind, Jesus, my praise to you is not from a a sincere heart. There were some in that crowd that said, my praise to you, Jesus, is that you will do something for me. And we know that there were many in this crowd that just days later, the same people that were yelling Hosanna were yelling later, crucify him. And it switched. And here's the caution. One of the the main ideas of this message. When our worship is focused on meeting our own needs, we can become disappointed and disillusioned with God when things don't turn out like we think they should. We, we can easily get into this tendency of what's in it for me. And I don't think any of us would intentionally want to live our lives from this place, but worship, again, is not just our praise or our shouting. It is our very life. How much of our time do we think about, as we live our lives for the Lord, what's in it for me? What's it going to impact me? What's it going to hurt me? How much money is this going to cost me? What are the things that as I follow Jesus and as I walk in obedience to him, hey, and if I, if I do, what kind of prominence maybe will I get? What kind of reward will I get? What kind of, and we hate to admit it, but we're just wired this way. We're like the disciples, like Peter. Hey, I've left everything, Jesus. And now, now as I'm following you, now I'm thinking about, okay, no, how is this going to make me benefit? And the heart is this morning that as we enter into this Easter week, my call for us as First Assembly, as we enter into this time towards Easter, Good Friday, as we come and and start the worship of this Easter week starting today, that as we bring worship to the Lord, we would bring pure praise. We would bring worship from a heart of thankfulness, a heart that says, God, It's not just about what's in it for me. I want to lay down my life for you again at another level. See, the reason why the crowd that had gathered was so large is for some time Jesus had been traveling and making his way to to Jerusalem, preaching, healing, casting out demons. And crowds begin to follow him. And they, they, they followed where he was going. Now, it's very interesting as Jesus makes his way to Jerusalem. Um, there were so many miracles that were taking place in that season. It was like a season of, uh, of just an outbreak of the miraculous and the supernatural. Often when I've read the scripture and maybe you have too, Jesus will heal somebody and he'll say something like, don't tell anybody about this. Have you ever kind of wondered about like what like, why, Jesus, would you heal somebody and, and perform a miracle? And then you're just like, okay, just keep, keep it down. You know, just, was Jesus like, was it like false humility? Or was it like humble brag? Or, you know, what was he, why would he heal somebody? But then what happens is he's heading towards Jerusalem for this triumphal entry as he is heading towards this, palm, what we call Palm Sunday, as he is moving towards this time when he ultimately will go to Jerusalem knowing that he will soon be, be tried and he will soon be uh, crucified on the cross and he will soon go and give his life, laying down his life for you and for me that it seems that miracles are starting to erupt around him. 
And I think there's a couple things. I've been thinking about this. I think one of the things is, first of all, Jesus, he knew the timing was coming. And so as he would heal people earlier, it wasn't quite the Kairos moment. It wasn't quite the time. But he was discerning the time of the Father. And and I think one of the things that took place is I believe that as people begin to get healed and miracles, and and the book of John says that there were so many things that Jesus did, so many miracles that I suppose that all the books of the world could, could not of the world could not record all the things that Jesus did. But I think it really came from a heart of compassion. I think that Jesus, when he would see people, he would heal. I think, it, I think he was, we know that when he saw the crowds that he was moved with compassion. And I'm so thankful that he has compassion on you and me. Aren't you thankful for his compassion for us and his goodness And so one of these miracles that took place as Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, we find it in the book of Luke chapter 17. And so now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him and they stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He came back as a worshiper, praising God. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Verse 17, then Jesus asked, we're not all 10 cleansed and and where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Such an interesting passage of scripture. This is Again, as the miracles of Jesus are escalating and multiplying, he's on his way to Jerusalem. And and Jesus had healed a man with leprosy, but now he heals 10 men at once. It's like 10 times now. So the miracles of Jesus are are multiplying. It's not just one man. It's not just one person here. There's a multiplication now. 10 people at once. Can you imagine? And he doesn't touch him like he did the other man. And here's the other thing. God works different ways for different people at different times. God doesn't just have a miracle formula where if you do this, you do that, you do that, then things will happen. There's no formula. Jesus, the the leper that he healed earlier, he he touched him. And and he actually physically touched this man. These men, these 10 with leprosy, this skin disease, he, he just basically said, hey guys, go show yourself to the priests. And at his word, they begin to go towards the priest. I love this one phrase that it says here. It says, and as they went, they were cleansed. Can I just encourage you that maybe there's something going on in your body, physically, and in your mind, and your spirit, where God, you've been trusting the Lord for healing. Can you just take Jesus at his word? Go and, and walk in that faith, because it says, as they went, they were healed. 
As they went, sometimes there's a journey. Sometimes there's a process. Sometimes it's as you serve God, as you show up, as you serve and then you open your home, as you lead community group, as you serve as an usher, as you serve in Sunday school, as you go about your week, as you love your family, as you share your faith with people at work, as you go, as there's a going and there's a healing that takes place. And so sometimes we just kind of wait around, Jesus, I'm hoping that you'll do this in my life and you'll do that. And God, I want the result and I'll worship you and I'll do this. And we make a deal sometimes. We don't mean to, but we do. We say, God, if you do this, I'll do this. And we should not be making deals with God. We should be returning to a heart of worship. They're just like this man here. This is Jesus. Wow. And it says, and this is what happens here. This one, it says, this one of them, one of them, when he saw what? That he was healed. He came back, and he came back worshiping, praising God with a loud voice. It says one of them was a Samaritan. It says one of them. That means that the other nine, most commentators believe that the other nine were, were Jews. And they all started from that place of need where they said, Jesus... We, we need something. What's in it for me? And friends, your faith may have started like that. And, and just, I think it's, it's fair for all of us. All of us, without Jesus, we are lost and we are broken. And I think it starts from that place where we say, Jesus, I, without you, I'm, I'm lost, I'm broken, I, I need salvation. And we come to Christ and we say, come into my life and forgive me and cleanse me. And heal me. And leprosy in the, in the scriptures is a picture of sin. And so we, we, we're like those, those lepers. And we, and we say, Jesus, have mercy on me. And we call out to him. And, and he, at his word, we are healed. And we are saved. And we are, we are born again. But then what happens is because just because Jesus offers that to us, do we move into a deeper relationship with him? Jesus ask these questions is we're not all 10 cleansed. In other words, salvation is free. It's a free gift for everybody. Some people say Christianity is so narrow. Well, Jesus said that he is the way, the truth and the light. There's one road. There's what he's the door. It's narrow in that sense where it's through one man. The only way to, to the father is through Jesus Christ, but it's broad in the sense that it's for everyone. It's, it's like, it's a picture of salvation. This healing is for everyone. There, there's, there, was, there, was, there was 10 people that, that received from Jesus that had the opportunity to receive freedom and healing and forgiveness. But it says that there was only one who came back to worship. And this is the key. When he saw that he was healed, he came back. This is the key to the heart of worship. A keen awareness of what God has done for you and for me. Not taking it for granted. We're not all 10 cleansed. I wonder if sometimes we are like the nine. I wonder if sometimes we are like the nine because we encounter Jesus and, and, and it's more about our needs and our preferences and the way we think God should work in our lives rather than having a heart of worship. And and. The nine, they may have been impacted by the Lord. They may have encountered him, but they failed the chance to receive all that God had for them. And the one man who came back, he was the one that was able to go deeper. He had the heart of a worship, a worshiper. 
their original calling out for Jesus was, Lord, what's in it for me? And I think, even like the disciples, we can start there. But the one who chose to return had a heart of worship, a heart of gratitude. Let's just look again at the final words of, to this man in verse 19. This is what he said. Jesus said, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. And the word there for well is sozo, saved. Rise, your faith has healed you. Sozo, meaning healed and saved physically, emotionally, relationally. There's everything that you're hoping for and wanting for rather than approaching God saying, God, what's in it for me? God, I approach you in my life as a heart of a worshiper. Lord, it's not about what's in it for me. It's, it's about what you've done for me. And God, I'm all in because of what you've done for me. I'm not gonna be like the guys that forget about your goodness, forget about your grace, but I'm gonna come and I'm gonna live my life from a standpoint of being a worshiper. I'm gonna live my life from a standpoint of saying, God, you've been so gracious to me. You see, it is when we understand we get a revelation of God's grace. Grace is not just a license to go on and live however we want. Grace actually changes us. Grace actually moves us to the heart of God. When we get a revelation of grace, it actually moves us to the heart of worship. That we come back and we say, God, you've been so good to me. I've seen that what you've done, you've healed me. You've healed me body, soul, and spirit. And that word sozo, it's not just what happened to them physically. It's what happened to the one inside. The one was healed in every every way and everything that he was desiring in the first place, he got more than what he asked for. You see, because God is a God that will give you and me more than what we even think in the beginning. When we first come to Jesus and we pray a prayer, maybe we're a kid and we're in Sunday school, we say, Jesus, come into my heart. Now we're saved and we're going to heaven. And, but it doesn't end there. That it's not about, well, now I have Jesus, I can do this and that, whatever God can do for me. And, and now I'm adding Jesus to my life and now my life is better. That's not what it is. It's Jesus. What did you do for me? You saved me from separation, uh, eternity without you. God, you've been so good. You've healed my body. You've healed my mind. You've healed my spirit. You've given me a home in heaven. You've given me hope. You've given me future. You've given me so much. Oh God, may I never be like the nine that just walk away and forget about the goodness of God. But Lord, may I be like the one who came back and said, God, thank you. That's a heart of worship. That's returning again to a heart of worship. Now look what happens when we return with a heart of worship. Guess what? God's such a good father, as we sang about this morning. He gives us everything we are longing for in the first place. You see, the kingdom is, is, is opposite than the way the world works. The world says, what's in it for me? Our flesh says, what's in it for me? But like the one who came back, Jesus, I can't believe you've been so good to me. And God, I want to I want to receive everything you have. And here's, look at this. I told you that there's benefits and blessings for being a heart of a worshiper. And it's not things that we arm wrestle God for, but it's things that he gladly gives us. Watch this. The psalmist said, David, praise the Lord of my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name, praise the Lord, oh my soul. Somebody say amen. Watch this. And forget not all his 
benefits. Look at the benefits as we are a worshiper who forgives all of our sins, who heals all of our diseases. Somebody shout amen. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like an evil. I'm young again. I've just lost 10 years off my life. I feel like I'm a teenager again. Come on. You know what I love? There's some senior adults in this church. And I don't know if you're in your 70s or older than that, but in your heart, you're like a teenager. I was hanging out with one of the, I guess, senior adults in their 70s in the church here a couple weeks ago. And as we were hanging out, we were at a meeting, and after the meeting, he said to me, hey, what are we doing now? And it was like 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, well, what do you think we should, I don't know, maybe hang out for some wings or something. I'm like, I like this guy. This guy's renewed in his heart. He's young. He's, he's, he knows the benefits. Of, and this is what it means to be a worshiper. That we don't, it's not God what's in it for me. God, let me arm us. God, save now the way I want you to do it. But it's God, whatever you do, I'm so grateful. And I come with the heart of a worshiper. You see, what is in it for me limits our ability to truly know God in an intimate and relation, relational way. And so I'm going to ask the musicians to come at this time. And we're concluding. And maybe you're here today, and friend, God, he sees so deeply into our lives, and he's, there's no condemnation for even thinking about, well, if I'm gonna become a Christian, how's that gonna benefit my life? Because it will benefit your life, but that's not the reason why we become followers of Jesus. The reason is because we're so amazed that Jesus actually took time to notice us when we were like that leper, like those lepers, those men with this disease of leprosy, when they, when they were ostracized from their families, they had to live outside their community. It's interesting because there were nine Jews and one Samaritan. Samaritans and Jews would never mix together, but somehow their misery, in their misery, they found each other. Misery finds its own company. And maybe you're in a place of misery and maybe you're in a place where you just know that in your life you're dying and Jesus offers you life. He offers you healing, body, soul, and spirit. But the most important is that your spirit is born again. The Bible says that we must be born again. Jesus says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? What a question. What does it profit you and me? What's in it for me in this life? I could gain everything. I could gain money and status and fame and fortune. I could go on trips and take vacations and wear the nicest clothes and all those kinds of things. At the end of the day, what does it profit you? Nothing. And Jesus said, you can chase after all. You can live your whole life with what's in it for me and you can still lose your soul. But Jesus offers us another way. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus. If you put your trust in him, believe in him, you shall not perish, but you will be sozoed. You will be saved. You will have everlasting life. You will be saved in every way. You will know him intimately and he will help you to grow as a worshiper. Not just on Sundays, but every day of the week. We all have a need and it all starts there. And I wonder if you would stand with me as we conclude in prayer. You may have a need today. 
And maybe you do have a need in your body. Maybe there's a physical need. How many are thankful Jesus is still a healer today? You may have a spiritual need. What I want us to do right now, first I want us to pray for those with a spiritual need. Especially those who say, I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't know if I'm going to heaven. Friend, you can know today. You can be saved. You can, you can have your sin forgiven. You can know that you're a child of God just by putting your trust in him today. And if you're here in this place before I pray, let's just all begin to pray right now. If there's anyone here today, you say, Pastor, would you just remember me? I wanna surrender my life to Jesus. I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I don't wanna just chase my own life and try to accumulate it. I, I, I wanna surrender today to the love and the grace of Jesus. And I wanna become a child of God. Maybe it's for the first time, or maybe you're far from God and you say, I'm coming home today. I've been away I've been straying, but I want to be like that one that returns and says, thank you, Lord. I want to receive his grace and his forgiveness today in my life. Is there anyone here today? Are there some here? You just raise your hand quickly. I'm just going to look around the room. Say, just remember to pray for me, pastor. Just slip up your hand and hold it there just for a minute. Just want to see if there's any this morning. You say, that's me. Just remember me. I'm saying yes to Jesus. I want to receive him in my life. Don't be shy or hold back. I'm just going to wait a minute. Is there anybody here today? Thank you, Lord. Just slip up your hand and hold it till I see. Thanks. Yeah. Anybody else here? Today? I'm just going to wait a moment. I believe the Holy Spirit is working in people's lives. Is there anybody else on the balcony? I'm just going to look up there. Anybody else up there? Just say, that's me, Pastor. Just remember me. Just remember me in prayer. I just want to say yes to Jesus today. Father, you see every heart. And God, today as we respond... I pray, Lord, that these would come to know you personally. If that's you and you've raised your hand or you're, that's in your heart today, just whisper a prayer. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Today I put my trust in you. I believe you died on the cross for me. Thank you for saving me. I receive your grace and your forgiveness. If you prayed that prayer, you can know you're a child of God today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for people responding. Come on, let's thank God for the response of hearts today. Hallelujah. And right now, if there's a need in your body physically, one of the things that we're trusting the Lord for is that God is, is by his grace, and as we pray and as we have faith, that there's healing that he has for us. And I believe the enemies tried to trap it, hold it back somehow in our mindsets, in our thinking, or whatever it may be. I don't understand how the spirit realm works exactly. In fact, I have no idea. But here's the deal. We know that God has spoken to us, and we're believing for wells of healing and wells of salvation. And so we're praying right now. If there's a physical need in your body, I'm going to ask our prayer team to come right, right to the front today. We're going to do it a little differently. Our prayer team's gonna come here today. We're gonna have uh, some anointing oil. One of the staff are gonna make sure that we got that. And uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna be here to pray for you physically in your body for healing. I believe that God's gonna heal people today. Um, I, I keep hearing stories of how the Lord is healing people. I keep hearing stories about how the Lord is touching people's bodies physically, emotionally. And so we're going we're gonna to pray. Whatever kind of healing, maybe there's a deep brokenness in you today. You just need prayer for some other reason. We want to be here to pray. But let me just pray for us today. Father, as we just reach out to you right now, we just stir up that, 
that well of healing by faith in Jesus' name. And I just declare right now, Jesus, just as you spoke that word, Lord, even as they were on their way, they were healed. Even as they were on their way, as they took faith and obedience, God, your power, your healing power flowed and you touched them. Father, they were healed. And Father, I thank you that you are healing us today of our leprosy, of our disease, of our brokenness and of our sin. But God, your heart is, you are a healer and you desire, Lord, you are full of compassion even this morning. And I pray that you would touch right now people's bodies, minds, and spirits. I declare the healing virtue of Jesus right now to break through every mindset, to break through every hindrance, Lord, to come uh, over and above every doctor's report, every word that has been cursed and spoken over your life. I speak the word of God and I say, be healed in Jesus' name, in your body, in your mind, in your soul, and in your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. We're going to be mindful of time today, so here's how we're going to dismiss. If you want further prayer for healing or for whatever need you have, we're going to open up the front. If you're here today and you raise your hand, you say, I want to be a follower of Christ, we have a Bible for you. And Casey right here is going to be right out at the New Life area. We have a Bible for you. Come stop by. It's just right outside those doors, right across from Next Steps. We want to meet you and give you a Bible and help you on your journey. Why don't don't we pray as we go this morning? Father, thank you for a great day. Lord, we thank you for the joy of the Lord. We thank you, God, that you're calling us to return to the heart of worship. As we enter into this Easter week, may we be, Lord, waving those palm branches, saying, Hosanna. But God, not in a way that we hope you will work, but just because of who you are. And may we return like the one that would just say, thank you, God. With a heart of worship, we love you. And we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you go today. We'll be here to pray for you at the front. Thank you so much for listening to this message. We pray that you have received truth and have been encouraged. For more information about First Assembly, how to get connected, and to listen to our latest worship albums, please visit our website at www.fa.church. 